Hello, and you're listening to Reviewing History. I'm filmmaker and teacher Brian Rupert, joined here by... Anthony Galati. And... As always, Steve Medagliaco. How are we doing today, gentlemen? So proud of I show. wish that was on video. I wish that <laughs> was on video. He's got a big shit-eating grin. The, the, <laughs> s- the smug look I on got Steve's face. I, that I'm the as-always guy. Somehow, we've managed in like... I don't know, what are we up to, like 15 episodes now? Something like that. Sure. We yeah. still are awkward as hell when we start. <laughs> the, the most awkward parts of the show for us by far, because everything else I think feels pretty natural for us, mm-hmm. the opening and the closing. We don't know what to do with ourselves. It's just, it's that's when we're actually being like kind of fake. Right. You know? Because <laughs> like human fake. beings don't do that. Don't open shows. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> they don't introduce themselves. <laughs> like these conversations we could easily have all private. Yes. But we would never do that. We never intro it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I invite you into my house. Hello, Anthony. I'm filmmaker and teacher Brian Rupert. Oh, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> so we're going to do things a little differently today. We are? Uh, yeah. And this is in honor of kind of the movie we're doing today, Charge of the Light Brigade. It's keeping with the time-honored tradition of this show to feature obscure movies from the 1960s about British people 200 years ago. Yeah, but this one doesn't. Doesn't <laughs> wait. Does it have incest? Ooh, shit! Well, I don't think any of them have had have featured incest, have they? Not uh, cartoon. Just Gladiator. No. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we. This is our third movie, and like I said, we don't have a lot of episodes. This is our third movie now from the 1960s that nobody saw, and is about ancient British people. Yeah, yeah. Mutiny on yeah. the Bounty and cartoon, cartoon, and, and now, now this. this. Those two were awesome, though. Oh, I loved them. This one, you'll find out if it's awesome or not by listening to this show, but... No one saw this. Nobody saw this, yeah. I don't I don't know if anybody who, who is still alive who has seen this movie. Actually, I think the... Uh, we're ghosts. The all three of us. <laughs> we might be the last three. The, the, the prince, uh, the current heir to the throne of Britain, was at the premiere. I read that. Yes, I did read that mm-hmm. myself. So one thing that I want to talk about with this movie... Yeah, Charge of the Light Brigade. We're doing Charge of the Light Brigade from 1968, which is actually the second version of uh, that story. But we had a little bit of a request. So, Hmm? yeah, our first episode came out a while ago, and it was requested that a Tell Him Steve Dave listener, an aunt, whose name I don't have up right now, he liked the episode, but he wanted to know how we met and like kind of became friends. And, wants like, to know our backstory? He wanted to know our backstory together. It was oh, requested because who cares. <laughs> <laughs> our, uh, I mean, <laughs> well, someone wants to know. It's a new podcast, and he asked for episode after episode one because mm-hmm. it's you know we're all friends and we don't mm-hmm. think anything of it. But you know, I guess some people would have an interest in that. And like, if you list, if we did this long enough, everything would come out. But I think we could tell a brief story about how we met and I mean yeah, nothing yeah, happens in the first half of this movie <laughs> so yeah, we may as yeah. well talk about okay. you know like ourselves for a little and give you know fill a request I like as you that. wish so me and Steve have been friends basically our entire lives yes we lived in the same development on uh, Staten Island yeah. and you know we've spent our whole lives as friends 30 years Anthony 
we uh, I don't know where we got this guy. Yeah, we found him on the side <laughs> of a road. <laughs> he Bri- was deranged taking pictures. Brian and I met at Applebee's of all places. Yeah. Well, you didn't meet at. You were working at Applebee's. Yes. You, you weren't visiting. I it's was not at like, Applebee's. You know. <laughs> the way so so he says working, but really he was on the stroll, and I was in the men's room. I was in the John. I tapped my foot <laughs> under the stall. And Brian responded with the proper response, which is, of course, a blowjob. Yeah, and we became friends ever since. Mm-hmm. No, uh, <laughs> in, ca- don't, in case you believe that story. Oh, God, no! Yeah. <laughs> After we address the awkwardness of our intros, we go right to this. Jesus yeah, right. Christ. <laughs> well, I feel like if, if you're a new listener and this is like the, the episode you're going to listen to, you're going to get to know us real well. Mm. Too well. Apparently. So we became friends uh, working at a position in Applebee's, which does the position even still exist anymore? Car side to go. Yeah, we were the to go people. We would answer the phones and then bring food out to people's cars. And yeah, it was very exciting. It was a blast, (laughs) though, because we were kind of left alone from everything. So it was was just a hangout. It was me and you. We became friends. And then there was another guy we were friends with. Sure. And we just became buddies working in this to-go room all mm-hmm. summer, hanging out. I, I'm a little older than you. I took you to, to a college party. It was my first college school? party, yes. That's where I met Steven. That's where I met him. Ah. And that was... Uh, it's funny you brought that up. That was a Did night. Did you plan that? No, I forgot that's, how, that's when you guys met. Yes. We mm-hmm. started talking about Pink Floyd, of all things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were both wearing metal shirts. Yeah. So it was very. we were the only two people, I think, at the party wearing metal shirts. That was the first time I ever had a non-Bud Light, like a Bud Heavy, a regular Budweiser. Did you think, now nah, I'm a man? Yes. <laughs> His first puke. I honestly, like that day, was like, I'm going to a college party. I guess that's <laughs> kind of stereotypical. But I was like, I was like a outcast kind of guy. I think we all were. Yeah. But it's like, oh, I'm hanging with the big kids. Did you think yeah. I was cool? No. <laughs> I'm taking you to a college You're party, a and you loser. didn't think I was a cool. <laughs> you, you were barely invited to that. We went because your other friend was going, and then I got invited. And look, Brian, you were not cool. <laughs> I'm not saying I was cool. <laughs> Brian was d- coming off. So uh, <laughs> when I met Brian, he was just coming off a time in his life where he decided he wasn't going to communicate with the outside world anymore, and he go ahead, tell it. I know you're looking at me like, no. oh man, no. <laughs> so basically, I. Uh, I was actually going to join the Navy, and it had been requested, you know, kind of by my parents that I go join the Navy, and I was going to join, and I spent a year basically getting ready for that, and during that year, I tried to just get in really good shape and just put myself in isolation, and, you know, then I started working that summer, and I, you know... He didn't cut his hair. He didn't shave. Yeah. He was well, a I mess. Well, I, I don't think I could even grow facial hair back then. Right, yeah. So I think I was clean shaven, so but I did get weird, shaggy hair. This weird little guy, and he... Guy. <laughs> that sounds derogatory, but he actually <laughs> yeah. was kind of short. Yes. Um, <laughs> he was this weird little guy, and we found out, me and my other friend, that he had a rap album that he was very proud of at the time. And Still is. I am not proud. not proud of it anymore. And he gave us the rap album to listen to, and it's one of the most bizarre, upsetting things I've ever heard in my life. I loved every second of it, and I still do. <laughs> I quote it on a daily basis to this day because it's so offensive. <laughs> <laughs> I open the album literally by saying, if anything on this album offends you, I'm glad. Uh, the three of us had another show years ago. 
Uh, I think yeah. we, we talked about this once before. But we had a show. It was called the Howard Carter Hour. We did it for a few years. And on that, we featured every song of that album. Like, we, we played it and then discussed the lyrics and the writing behind the entire thing. And to my, um, in my opinion, it may be the finest podcast of all time, not to toot our own horn, <laughs> but it is, uh, it's very uh, amusing. Uh, do you still have that? I have it, but talking about this is kind of like Tenacious D talking about the greatest song in the world, mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. nobody is ever going to hear that. Why not? Dude, we can put it on the feed. I can't, <laughs> can't, I can't no, put can't. that out there and keep yeah. my life. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. Now, let's assume <laughs> if there's like people listening out there. If you're put it on the Patreon. No, if you're a multimillionaire <laughs> and you want to fund us doing this show, pay us salaries, we will release it. That's the only way it would happen mm -hmm. because he needs a job. And you put that out there, he doesn't have a job anymore. No. <laughs> my life is over. Yeah, true. but that because of that we became friends. I can't believe you didn't yeah. think I was cool. I was taking you to a oh, college so party. So not cool. So not cool. I'm not cool. That party <laughs> specifically. I thought you kind of had looked up to me a little bit at that point. Looked up to you a little bit because I was older. You would think you, you were a weirdo like me. <laughs> <laughs> that party specifically was crazy. Yeah, I mean that was a, a septic tank burst. It was <laughs> shit oozing from a girl's lawn. The cops came. Took <laughs> a party. It was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was a conch. Yeah, there was a man throwing rocks at police cars. Um, I'm not making was, that this up. That was not a, a single was thing a, you it said. It was a good party. Our our um, uh, drug addict, crazy person friend, if you want to call him that, was trying to kill trying us. Trying to kill us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anywho, the people came here to hear about Charge of the Light Brigade, Brian. I think we should get back to it. Well, before we do, mm -hmm. after working together. The three of us really clicked. We became good friends. Best buddies. And we've been hanging out ever since. Went to Europe. We're best friends. Yeah. Right? Safe yes. to say. So that's really yeah. our origin, which was requested. Um, we did a bunch of short films together, having fun. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, Taking general stuff like here that. And there, yeah. Yeah. Uh, when I did my feature film, Anthony acts in it in I an do. amazing performance. <laughs> I play a feminist. A male feminist. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Angry male feminist. I stay in character. Yeah, I think Which angry. Which is just you now. That's just me. You're That's in what character. I am. Yeah. yeah. Angry male feminist, I believe, is your. Um, it's my title. The default. My setting. Setting. That's your character's name. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. His parents just the feminist. You have family. to admire if you, you. Brian made a movie. It's called The Uninvited Guest. I believe it's on Amazon. It is on Amazon. You, you guys can, can go it. watch it. Anytime. I don't recommend it because it sucks. But, but <laughs> it, my acting is impeccable. I I have great facial. Do you want to give your line? Yes. Okay. Let's uh, see if you do it. If you can do I say, he's such an asshole. <laughs> Just like that. Yeah, right? that, that's basically <laughs> it. And then I move my tongue around inside my mouth. Yeah. And you can see it. Because you're angry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and what then I line. have my other friend just spike the camera. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's on Amazon. You can you can go watch that. I think Brian gets a dollar for every play. Or something. something like that, yeah. No. <laughs> you, I think you get like 12 cents. No, if you it's not streaming. You have to rent it now. So <laughs> Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. But if it was streaming, it's less. Yeah, if, when it was streaming, it was less. I've <laughs> made literally less than $100 in the lifespan of the movie. If you, if How long has it been uh, up there? It's been up there since maybe 2016. Yeah, but you're a big celebrity now, maybe. Oh, yeah. Now I got the juice, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I got them People beating down my door. They don't want to see it. I mean, I wouldn't, but 
They might. So that's really our origin, which was requested. I hope that entertains whatever Ant asked for it. And if it wasn't, I hope you found a little, uh, you know, just seeing how we Ants became Ants are the friends. fans of Tell Em Steve? Mm-hmm. Yes, Tell Em Steve Dave fans are known as Ants. If there's anyone who's listening to this that's not an Ant, which I'd be very surprised by. There's just some history buff out there who's like, God, know about the Light Brigade, man. Now, is it is it <laughs> Ant because, like, they're all, like, like drones? How is that like a thing? (laughs) Years ago on the show, early, early on, like within probably the first hundred episodes, Walt says something like, no one is important. We're all just a bunch of ants. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And the fans just ran with it. They like the ants. Okay. And they're like, yeah, we're the ants. We're all just a bunch of fucking ants. Wow, that's bleak. Yeah. I like it, though. Mm. That's kind of communistic. Charge the Light Brigade. What a film. Charge the Light Brigade. <laughs> so, yeah, what did you guys think of this movie? Now, uh, none of us had seen it before. Yeah, I, is this the first time none of us have seen it? <laughs> I think, no, Mutiny oh, on Mutiny, the Bounty. Oh, Mutiny, right, yeah. yeah. I have mixed feelings about it. I think I liked it better than the two of you. I think it's pretty accurate to reality, so I, I always appreciate that. I like my broccoli, as you're fond of saying. <laughs> the costumes are incredible. It looks great. However, as a movie, it is... <laughs> It's a bit dry. <laughs> a bit. <laughs> Just a bit. There's no heroes in this movie. Everybody's a piece of shit. Did you notice that? I um, think Dante wasn't a bad guy. I don't know. Guy. I don't Who's think Dante? I would. Wasn't it Captain Dante? Uh, no. Uh, the, the main guy? The ma- the guy who tries to redirect the light brigade and gets blown up. Well, he's like our hero. He's the hero. I don't he's, think he's, he's a bad guy. His name guy. is Louis Nolan. That's Nolan, the, that's sorry. That's the, I don't know the real what, guy. Maybe the actor was Dante? Maybe. But he, isn't a, he, he fucked his friend's wife. You know, he's a bad guy. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's Vanessa Redgrave. <laughs> Do we know her? Is she famous? She's a famous British actress who's very attractive. Mm. She's in a lot of stuff. She's like um, the Redgraves. They're like an acting family. They're kind of like the Barrymores almost. Of, the, of Drew fame? Yes. Mm. So, you know, she's she's <laughs> been an Barrymore. actress forever. Yeah, yeah. She's, be, she's become entangled with this program. In some weird way, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is once again an, another fantastic movie where they showcase hats. Great this hats. Era, this era for hats peaked. Hussars are known for great hats. My God, of any nation, like it's the French just, Hussars, you know, it's the, constant. Uh, caval- cavalry men in general, I think, have good hats. But they're not very, uh, I guess, useful on the field of battle. Cavalry, any of those hats. Oh, hats. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they let you know they they're very visible. I think you can. Yeah, isn't that a problem? <laughs> no, not when you're trying to you know logistically figure out where things need to be and where you need to be. You know, as a fighter, a if you're fighting in like the desert and you have the big English, the big like, hat, big hat. You know, I, what's I don't know the the term for it, but it's the big furry tall black one. Yeah, I'm sure it has a name. I don't know. That had to be really hot, right? It's it's black. It's it's. it's I heavy. think all clothing prior to like cotton being you know sent all over the world was really hot and sweaty. Like wool, most things are made out of wool uh-huh. or leather. Even so, like I look at the Americas and like they have a bunch of cotton, mm-hmm. and I doubt the clothes were warm. Yeah, you know, I mean the cool. Uh, cool, yeah, yeah. You know everything still is like long sleeve. There weren't t-shirts. Yeah, you're not having a t-shirt. Certainly not. Um, so c- there was a there was a Captain Nolan. Who did you say? Lewis Nolan. 
Yeah. That's oh, who, that's yeah. What we're talking about. I, I had said Nolan, right? No, you said like Zach. You said Zach? <laughs> no, you said Dante. Dante, you're right. I did say Dante. Where the fuck did I get Dante from? Um, he works he's not at even the supposed quick to, stop. He's not even supposed to be here today. His girlfriend sucked 37 dicks. At once? So I have some thoughts about this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Is it the fact that you, you can basically ignore the first hour and a half? I hated it. You hated it. And then I liked it. The second half is very strong. The first half of the movie does not need to exist at all. Yeah, well, there it's not the charge of the light brigade. It's but what did okay? So let's talk about the first half of the movie. Well, um, I'm sorry, I'm cutting off uh, Steven. Did you? Want no, to give no. Some I mean, I, I think we're all on the same page with this because the first half of the movie is useless. Well, this is kind of what I wanted to say, right? It's almost kind of a reverse Private Ryan, right? Where Private Ryan. You know, the big selling point is that it's D-Day. The first scene. The first scene. And, like, this, the selling point is the charge of the Light Brigade, which is one single incident. Inevitably going to be the final scene of the movie. Exactly. Right. Which was, and which was amazing. Great. It was a great scene. Yeah. That everything involving the actual war was so well done and good. Yes. But it wasn't enough to really wash out the taste of the first half, which was kind of torturous. But the, the first half served, it did serve a purpose, and that was to characterize all of the ineptitude of the British Army at that time. Okay, but you, you didn't need an hour and a half for that. Like, let's talk a minute about when this movie It could have been done well, in 10 the minutes. The Light Brigade thing is too thin to pad out a full movie, mm-hmm. which is why that first part is so overstuffed, and it's part of that 60s thing, which we've talked about every time we do a 60s movie, mm-hmm. you know, making epics. Right. And it's a symptom of that, clearly. But there is a, there is a, a motive, I think. You have... This movie's made in 1968. It's the height of the Vietnam War. Oh, it's clearly Nam. Yes. It's kind of about not intervening in other countries' wars and affairs. It's about the... Uh, it's it's lampooning the military in general. And this was a good time in real history, like the Crimea, where the British, in particular the British Army, because that's who, what the movie's about, right? But also the French. Um, they're bad, and their commanders are bloated, and they're not real commanders, because none of them have seen battle. It hadn't been a major war since Napoleon. And his sh- that shadow of Wellington literally looms over the whole movie, and the his statue is outside our you know the top commanders, which office. is funny, <laughs> right? He Wellington is literally lording over this guy, <laughs> a great commander, a genius yeah. commander, a man who saved the fucking saved the empire, yeah, right. And now this guy has to work in his shadow, and he sucks. He's not up to the task, and none of the upper echelon is up to the task. The only one with any military experience is Lewis Nolan, who was who in has, the Indies. Who was in India, right? And they look down on him for it. Yeah, they hate him yeah. for it because he's not a man who bought his way into the military. Exactly. You mean the guy who's constantly saying, "Dear friend, oh, dear, dear friend, dear friend, friend I'm going to have sex with your wife." Different. <laughs> and was there a character? Five times in a row. Was there a character named Rupert, or was I hearing things? Uh, that's. Perfectly reasonable to think there was. I, I thought the remember. sound mix was pretty bad. Wait, on you the movie. knew what they were saying. That's what I'm saying. Did you, wa- did you watch this with subtitles, Brian? No, I did, did. you do, right? You I watch everything with subtitles. So you messed up, Anthony. I did. Why? You you have to watch this without subtitles. You don't know what's You'll going get on. Nothing. I I could not tell you the what they said in the not first great. hour. The sound mix was horrible. Is this not remastered or something? Did we watch like a bad version of it? I don't know. Is there well, a good version? Of well, it? that's what I mean. This is from 1968. It's a movie that is not beloved. Mm-hmm. You know, doesn't have star power really beyond Vanessa Redgrave. Mm-hmm. 
and like oh Captain Bly is back Captain Bly is in it <laughs> from uh, Mutiny on the Bounty yeah. the same guy playing an asshole again yes <laughs> when you Plays need a great an asshole, asshole you go to that yeah. guy you had to like the um, the black bottle scene that was good that that was good so yeah I mean yeah I, you could have just had that and then not had anything else about the ineptitude of the army and that would have been fine that's the only scene you needed to show that the commanding officers are the way they are. Mm-hmm. Like, they're making a big deal out of something that's nothing. So trivial. So trivial. Right. So it's like, oh, I get it. And I, at that point, I was still in. I was like, okay, this, I, I'm I'm okay with this. But it just kept going and going and going. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, I, I didn't need to see all of it. <laughs> right. Did you like the animations? Yeah. Well, let's, let's start with the opening. Yeah. My yeah. first note is cool cartoon opening. It's very Monty Python. Although I think the movie predates Monty Python and the Flying Circus, so I don't think they drew any inspiration from that. However, they reminded me heavily of Monty Python. Did you guys feel the same way? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I definitely got Monty Python vibes. You know they're animating... Actual political cartoons. Actual political cartoons. Yes. I love the animation. I thought they were awesome. It's one of the best things in the movie. It is the best thing yeah, in the movie. it is. Um, I actually, that's one of my first... Poor uh, little notes. turkey. Monty Python art? Question mark? <laughs> Oh, the, t- the bear. Yeah. <laughs> that was cool. You got a British lion punching the Russian bear. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah I, en- I enjoyed that. Yeah. So they really also don't, I mean, the cartoons, I think, do a pretty decent job of setting up what's happening in the Crimea. They explain what you need to know about the Crimean War. We can get into that. Basically, the nitty gritty is that Russia wants to expand east or west, rather. And they want to go into Turkey, and and France and uh, England do not want this power. By this point in time, Turkey, or the Ottoman Empire, is known as the sick man of Europe. They're on the waning side of history. And the European powers want to take advantage of them on all sides. Actually, what had happened was there was an... Like this uproar about who held sway over the protection of Christians living in the Ottoman Empire. So for ages, the Russians claimed that the Eastern Orthodox Church, which is the Russian church, were the protectors of all these Christians living in Ottoman lands. The Catholic Church— Now, that stems from uh, the Byzantines, I guess, right? Yes, exactly. The Catholics decided they wanted to get in on this, and they're backed by the French government. So the French government really wants sway in these lands now. They're trying to, like, poach the Palestine and shit, which they will end up doing in World War One. This pisses off the Russians, because now the French are getting involved. The British back the French, and now they're on a co- collision course with each other. The Russians end up invading the Balkan areas of the Ottoman Empire. They win a couple battles. There's actually a really cool battle in the Black Sea, like uh, where the Russian naval Navy, battle, yeah, the Russian Navy destroys an entire Ottoman fleet. It's the first time explosive shells were ever used in battle, so that's kind of significant. Huh. That's pretty cool. But after the Western powers kind of put pressure on Russia, they back off, and there's a moment where there could have been peace, but the Westerners want to press and get some concessions because at the same time, this is a, an era known as the Great Game. Have you ever heard of that? No, not really. The Great Game is kind of like the Cold War of the 1800s. Okay. It's the British versus the Russians, and who's going to hold sway in places like Persia and India? And they're, like, probing each other. They almost go to war a couple of times. They're jockeying for position. Right, and they end up do going to war with this. Which I guess when there's no nuclear warhead, which will just annihilate everybody, <laughs> it makes that a it more likely it, yeah, option. Yeah, the great powers can go to war without killing the whole world. Yeah. So they do. 
and uh, the Crimea became the flashpoint because the Russians have a giant naval base there. Cr- Crimea is important because the waterways, that's how you get into the, the interior yeah, of Russia. Exactly. And that Black Sea leads to the, um, doesn't that lead to the... The east. Yeah, that's the waterway to get to the Atlantic, basically, right? Well, they'd have to go through the Mediterranean yeah, and Constantinople but, and all that stuff. The Russians have forever wanted their hands on Constantinople. Which is, uh, the reason, I, so this was my pick, and the reason I picked it was because I knew that this was the Crimean War, and obviously... You know, the war could be over by the time this show comes out. But as of when I picked the current it, conflict in the Ukraine. the current conflict in the Ukraine, is, you know, part of it is because of Crimea, mm-hmm. because that is so important to Russia. Yes. And it's classical Russian shit. You need that port as a stronghold in order to have an effective Navy, basically. Yes. Because especially back then, we're talking about um, Sevastopol. But the other big naval base, they have two. One is St. Petersburg. And the other is Archangel. Both of these are in the Arctic. So in the winter, they freeze, and they cannot use them. So the only one that doesn't freeze over that they have in the West is Crimea, is Sevastopol. Yeah. Uh, the other one obviously being Vladivostok out east and on the Pacific Ocean, which is by okay. Japan. Yeah, but that's not helping them really at right. this time. <clears throat> exactly. So that is the setup for Crimean War, generally. Yeah. Um, which brings us to this movie. Now... Uh, Lewis Nolan is kind of our anti-hero, right? Yeah, he's total 60s guy, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm the counterculture rabble. I'm not listening he's to young. these. Yeah. Uh, he's young. He's not listening to these old stuffy generals that don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. The man is wrong. He's capable. He you know? tames that horse. Yeah. And he fucks his friend's wife. You know, just for <laughs> sexual revolution. We got to do that. Free love, baby. <laughs> so we open with the cartoon... Then we have the wedding, right? I like that style of wedding. British? Very uptight British? Just uptight British weddings seem way better than modern weddings. I, um, just personal story. So I have British family. My grandmother was from England. Mm-hmm. And over the years when I was a kid, we had a couple of uh, visits from her, you know, immediate relatives back there. They came over to the States and they attended a wedding. And they were shocked to see the big Italian New York wedding. It's like nothing they'd ever experienced before. It's because insane. apparently in England, these weddings are very small, very um, intimate. Yeah, they're not this big, boisterous, ridiculous That's what occasion. it should be. Well, I'll tell you this. It's also not like that for the majority of the country. Yeah, you're probably right. Because, you know, you go like... You watch TV. My wife watches like wedding shows, mm-hmm. and like we'll see someone like have a wedding in like Alabama, you know, and they're right. in they're in practically a barn with like a couple of like string lights, and there's God, like, I and wish there's we like could do that, and there's like tw- so and there's better. like twenty people, <laughs> and it's like my wedding was nothing like that, right? Well, you shot at us, so <laughs> there's that. Well, you need to explain when you say I, I shot at you. No, you, ju- you were just keeping us on our toes. That's all. <laughs> no, yeah, I was. You, I, was just, a- I was just Semity Sam, Dan's yeah. varmint. <laughs> Red flag, Brian. That's what we call him. <laughs> Red flag, Rupert. <laughs> no, he shot us with a t-shirt gun. Yeah, yeah I rented a cannon. t-shirt cannon. I had the new. <laughs> I had the devil's mascot come. It was a blast. I had a lot of fun. Brian had a great wedding. One yeah. of the best. Oh yeah. He was um, a sun king. Yeah. <laughs> he just 
Spared no expense. Yeah, it was like it was like a hall of mirrors at Brian's wedding. Versailles. I was actually trying to get um we were trying to clone dinos, but we couldn't figure it out. But I did spare no expense. Brian, I, I think like I it was a few days or a week, max a week before your wedding. You go, I got the guy from Italy. I go, what are you talking about? He goes, I got a guy from Italy coming just to make mozzarella. <laughs> that's mozzarella for you non Oh, yeah, I probably should say it yeah, that way. But I was like, Italian. are you sure that's required? He goes, you have, it's delicious. I'm like, yeah, and it was. It was the best, <laughs> the best I've ever had in my life. <laughs> and I'm Italian. So, yeah, it was, it was fantastic. Look, when you want your mozzarella, you know, you right. could be like a peon and you get it regular. Or you could Italy. fly in a guy from Italy who's You're not life getting polio. At Brian's wedding. Yeah. <laughs> that, that this was, is the event of the century. <laughs> that was a guy from Canarsie. He just, <laughs> he just pretends. He's it. Yeah, oh, I, I come from Italy. He's pretending. <laughs> Maron. He, he didn't speak much. He just kind of nodded to everyone. <laughs> He's actually some Russian guy, you know? He just pretends. So, um. The wedding. The wedding, I I, I like I like that scene. Did it, you guys get Deer Hunter vibes? Yeah, yes, yeah. I, and I was like, the second that happened, I'm like, oh, this is gonna be like a precursor to Deer Hunt, Deer Hunter. This is gonna be great. You know, I've always I was said so wrong that, <laughs> especially around this time, most of the great movies have a wedding scene in them. So I was like, oh, we got we're starting with a wedding scene. This is Godfather. This is yeah. Deer Hunter, yeah. and it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> then. Uh, it, it's difficult to to have my notes in order for this because one of my notes was I vaguely understand what's happening and what's being said. I didn't know anything the, the they were saying. The language is very British. It's like an the old sound mix was poor. Too. This was it not was for poor, Americans, yeah. right? We like we're no. we're seeing something we shouldn't be watching. So I'll tell you this: it was nominated for a bunch of BAFTAs, which is the British Oscars. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. And it was not nominated for a single Oscar. Mm-hmm. So because obviously, no, there's, there's a saying. big cultural divide because yeah. I'm sure when you're British, like you probably learn about the Light Brigade in schools. Where well, Tennyson's poem is universally beloved and renowned. You know, well, it's, it's cannon a, to the left of them, cannon to the right of them. Yeah, you're going to recite it at the end of the show. Don't worry. I don't know the whole thing. I'm pulling Too it up. Bad. I'm making you recite it at the end. It's been my plan this whole time to make me recite the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Why me? It's got to be it's you. you. Bro. You're, the history, <laughs> you're the history guy. And here. I want passion. We're gonna we're gonna judge okay. you based on passion. I'll I'll try. Yeah. <laughs> we get to judge him. Yeah. It's gonna be like uh, Jeffrey on Fresh Prince when he did it. <laughs> Jeffrey did it. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Jeffrey did it. It's the first time I heard it. He was the poet laureate at the time. He was like the national poet of Britain, and he had to write that. Like oh, he, I thought you meant Jeffrey from... No, not Jeffrey from The Fresh Prince. <laughs> That's why my head was spinning. I was like, Raphael de la Ghetto? <laughs> <laughs> How do you know his name? <laughs> well, that was his poet name. He had a poet name? On the, There's an episode of The Fresh Prince, <laughs> where, which I think is the episode where he recites Charge of the Light Brigade, <laughs> where he writes his own poetry, and Will finds it. Mm-hmm. And Will says that he's a... Poet, a new upcoming poet from America called Raphael de la Ghetto. <laughs> Why does he have a French name? I don't know. <laughs> and That's and he makes and Jeffrey reads poetry, and I think like he definitely reads Charge of the Light Brigade. Wow. Sometimes, sometime in the I've show. I've never seen that one. Oh, it's it's a good one. Um, I thought you picked this mainly for the Maiden song. Okay, I thought, I thought this was just I know the trooper. Let me pick this. 
know? <laughs> I completely forgot it had a connection to the Trooper. I literally picked it because of current events. Really? Yeah. You know how every Monday before the show comes out, I put up like a little Instagram post? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's going to be the Trooper. I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> the Trooper, as entertainment, the song is is uh, light years ahead of this as far as entertainment well, goes. Of, <laughs> I mean, as overplayed as it is, it's one of the greatest metal songs of all time. Yeah. But this yeah. movie specifically... Um, if it wasn't for Rock Band was, or Guitar Hero or whatever it was on, it would be a totally acceptable level of played. But because it was on such a national thing and like Is everybody it knows it, it's in one of them. Oh, maybe for you. It's used for everything. It was overplayed for us before that even came yeah. out. Well, I had known it too before that came out, but I'm saying I remember, feel like everybody knows it. Do you remember um, Metal, A Headbanger's Journey? Which was like yes. a series, a documentary series. It was the theme song on that. <laughs> you remember that? Yes. <laughs> so this uh, this wedding, mm-hmm. I gotta say, uh, some of my notes were I'm 13 minutes in and I still don't. I haven't made a single sentence. But this is where I actually came up with the AKA for the movie. Mm-hmm. So charge the light brigade is actually AKA charge of the heavy mutton chops. Great hairstyles in this. Oof. Great. The mutton shops specifically were. Yeah, I mean, you can't prevalent. go wrong with mid nineteenth century mustaches and stuff like that. Look at Napoleon the Third, who was one of the other big players in this war. Uh, he has the finest, finest mustache ever, ever. <laughs> He's up there with Conrad von Hotzendorf for Christ's sake. <laughs> oh, everybody, everybody knows, knows that. <laughs> yeah. He's an Austrian general in the First World War. Obviously. <laughs> 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 But yeah, we have the wedding scene, which really doesn't matter at all, other than it sets up that these two characters. Almost nothing in the first half matters. Well, there's the black bottle. So let's talk about the black well, bottle. Well, hold on, real quick. They mention Waterloo. Yeah. And they're like, now See, that was a war. Yeah, you have these old veterans who are the only ones with any military experience, but they're old, you know, decrepit men by now. And the young guys, the mid- middle aged people, they have not seen battle. There's been, you know, peace on the continent. So go ahead. There's say been something. peace on the continent. Waterloo, they're reveling about it. The cavalry comes. They recruit soldiers. That's what happens. Yeah, yeah. They we were, see, we see, there's like a nice little viewing of, of cavalry and like the soldiers are marching around. It's cool to look at. Yeah, but they're like saying that they're weak. These are wobbly need men. Yeah. You know, they're really not ready for war. And we see like a montage of them training and mm-hmm. stuff. The Wellington statue, which we mentioned before, shows up. That was cool. Yeah, and they're like, this is the Wellington statue. Yeah, and they don't know what to do with it. They it's don't know massive. where to put it. Yeah. It's, it's so gigantic, <laughs> and they're like trying to find a place for it in the city. And it ends up going right outside the uh, Lord R- Ragon? Radigan? Ragon. Ragu? Ragu? <laughs> the sauce Ragu. man. He's the sauce. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't know that. Lord Ragland. Ragland. There was an eye tie just leading. I like, I like Lord Ragu better. <laughs> oh, mamma mia. <laughs> Come eat my shitty sauce. <laughs> Long story short. This whole first hour is just to show us that the soldiers are inept, except for the one guy, Lewis Nolan, and they don't like him for it, and they have this black bottle incident where they're at a dinner, and he orders, there's like a rule at the dinner, everyone has to drink champagne. Yep. And he orders some kind of wine, and it comes in a black bottle, and the guy He gets accused of it being beer. Yes, Lord Cardigan. Cardigan, played by Bly from Bounty. He sees it, and he thinks it's beer, and makes a huge thing about this. Trevor Howard is the actor's name. He's a good actor. So if you needed a 60s asshole Brit, 
he's your guy. And he hated Marlon Brando, apparently. Yeah. As we learned last yes. time. This is six years after. He's. Do you think he's still shaking? <laughs> yeah, I think he still hates Brando. He hasn't broken character from He knows that. the he type just... of guy Brando is. <laughs> <laughs> um, so much butter. <laughs> He's like all freaked out and scared. Yeah, he, the, the man hasn't had a proper breakfast in years. <laughs> <laughs> all my toast is dry. <laughs> If you want to get that joke, go listen to the Mutiny on the Bounty yeah, episode. Yeah, go back. <laughs> so uh, with this bottle thing, yeah, this was the first sentence that I understood without having to go back and like re-listen. Why didn't you just put the subtitles on? Because I don't believe in subtitles while watching movies. Why? Because I think I don't want to read a book. I'm not there reading it, reading an audio book. I want to watch a movie. You're inevitably going to miss dialogue, though. Sometimes important dialogue. Sometimes and in this you weren't even able to enjoy the movie whatsoever. I understood a sentence, and I, I don't know what it meant, and I wanted to bring it up to either of you if you picked up on what this possibly could mean. Uh, it was the insult that the, the head guy said, saying, uh, what is there, sap in your pistol? And they all laughed. Sap in your pistol? Sap in your pistol. P-I-S-S-L-E. He's got a sticky dick. I guess. Is that... Is that something either of you have ever heard of? Penis, right? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what they were saying throughout this whole thing. So I was, I was wondering if you knew. I, I would guess his penis is sticky. I'll tell you this. What do you got, Brian? <laughs> Nothing comes up on Google. <laughs> <laughs> this is probably ridiculous. some. Are you sure you heard that right? <laughs> I, I maybe, maybe. I don't I'm remember wrong. that. Long. Maybe I'm wrong. But I did I'm, watch I'm it over certain. a week ago, though. So maybe I forgot. <laughs> uh, we did miss something. Uh, we missed. Captain Nolan training horses. Yeah. And he's the only one that can do it. And obviously they're dicks to him because he was in India mm -hmm. and he has an Indian servant. Yes, there is a racial slur. And we two get, of them actually. We get we get an <laughs> we get an N bomb. We get an N bomb uh, and we get which is another was pretty much N bomb. Again. Is that for Indians? No. It's also for black Africans. Really? I, I never heard that. Uh, it's like a British thing. I probably uh, shouldn't have said it out loud. I'll bleep it. I'll bleep but, it. Because uh, <laughs> I, I I didn't but um, yeah, that just sounds like an English, like an Indian. It's an dish. English African insult. Like they used to call them boys and stuff. It sounds like like a pastry. That sounds delicious. I'll yeah. give you that. It's, it's, a nice, it's, it's a nice K A F F I R. Yeah. Um, it's an ethnic slur which is used in reference to Black Africans in South so, Africa. So yeah. we have to we had to bleep it out. But Brian's gonna go spell it out for you. Yeah. <laughs> well, to be honest, we're three American dudes. Yeah. I I've, I I've heard it because there's a book called <laughs> Boy, which is about like racism. Oh. Uh. And uh, that's pretty much the only place I've ever heard it. I have never, I never heard it before this moment. I didn't even pick up on it in the movie. Mm -hmm. I just thought it was like some like local thing. Right. His his racism is so misplaced because he's talking about an Indian guy. You know. Yeah. Salt of yeah. being Indian, not black. <laughs> yeah, he's not even a good racist. He's a terrible racist. It's all very confusing. <laughs> but speaking of Nolan and horses, the real guy before they. Uh, landed in Crimea was actually sent to the Middle East to gather good horses in like Arabia. He wanted like they wanted Arab horses. I guess they're better mm -hmm. in battle. Arabian right. horses are known for being faster. Like yes. the breed of the horse matters. Exactly. Like you wouldn't bring a Clydesdale in cavalry. Right. Yeah. That's for dragging uh, exactly farm equipment. So yeah, before before the battle, he was sent over to uh, the Middle East to gather up horses. Fun fact. Okay. Pretty cool. So 
the real black bottle incident, which did, which happened in the movie, mm-hmm. also happened in real life. It didn't involve Lewis Nolan, though, if I'm not mistaken. It was a different guy. Uh, it incorrect, the film incorrectly portrays its protagonist, Captain Nolan, at the center of the black bottle affair, and it actually was not him. It was uh, Captain John Reynolds, but I guess because they were trying to consolidate things and make Nolan's death more tragic, they made it him, mm-hmm. and it builds you know tension between him and uh, Cardigan. I actually heard that um, some of the criticism that this movie faced when it came out was that they portrayed Nolan as the hero, and like people were upset that he was like portrayed in a good light when he was just as complicit as all these other people in the disaster that you know would occur. I think you kind of need a protagonist, and his fuck-up is different than the other ones because he happened to make a mistake as far as where he was pointing, mm-hmm. but if they had actually like done the charge earlier as like requested when like it should have happened mm-hmm. and they didn't just let the Russians go and build back up. Right. This wouldn't have needed to happen. Right. Is the ineptitude that led to his fuck up. Mm-hmm. You know, because he shouldn't have been in that position. Sure. You know, he was set up to fail. Um we get a lazy boat ride sing along. <laughs> I love so that. you liked that? I like that. <laughs> Do you know how long I don't know if you were keeping track of this. We are now into the film discussing it now how far 42 minutes 42 minutes and all we've gotten is a black bottle incident and then some horses there was some and there some was racism. some there was a scan <laughs> and some scandalous tea we skipped over this part because we kind of briefly mentioned it before but this is when they show the wife messing with nolan yeah so uh, yeah, they go bridge, under a bridge bridge smooching that's yeah, my right. line the scandalous like, english tea yeah tea this, time. this whole subplot about him romancing the guy's wife it's such a non-factor and it means it's irrelevant to the, <laughs> yeah, to the movie happens with the story. It, yeah. yeah there's also the red-headed girl who is uh one of the higher-ups wife who's infatuated with lord cardigan Okay. You can forget about it because she's also a meaningless yeah. character. Yeah. You're but not they just about, put her in. You're not talking about the one who's at the end. Yes, right? the end, the end. Oh, Fanny Duberlay. Yes. That's the character's Fanny. name. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Did you look that up? Well, that's that's a point of contention as well. She oh. did not sleep with him in real life. That's mm-hmm. completely fictional. Made was up. she in the Crimea with She was. She, she goes along with them. She was, and she was with her husband. But she did not sleep with, uh, you know, Lord, Lord Cardigan. Uh, That's really more just to show the ineptitude, mm-hmm. you know, because you're you really are besmirching this woman, portraying her as a harlot when she was anything but. Yeah, I can That's, see people. She's actually angry. known for being chaste. I think this film again, it's a product of the '60s. They're showing. They're trying to tear down, like. You know, exactly. established norms note. and things. My note is at this point, I assumed that this movie was trying to get me to hate the English. It's not trying to get you to hate the English. It's trying to get you to hate, like, you know, the old school. The old school and war. Yeah. Well, that's all That's all that I know of the English at this point from this film, like, at uh-huh. least. So it's like the, every single aspect of this time period, they're showing it in a negative light, at least in the English culture. Like, every aspect. Uh-huh. They touch upon everything, and it's always negative. So I, I, it's, yeah, it's not a fan of, of the subject matter. The, mo- no, the movie is, is not trying to glorify anything. No. By no means. And they shouldn't, right? I mean... Well, this was an ugly war. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's also a fuck-up. So, anyway, real quick on Lady uh, Duberlay, Fanny Duberlay, as we're talking about her. She wrote a journal documenting everything that happened in the Crimea. Oh, so she's a primary source now that we're besmirching. 
Yeah. And like, <laughs> you know, she wrote and she dedicated it to Queen Victoria. Oh, God. And it was refused. Victoria wouldn't let her do it. But she tried. And like, the book was successed in Prince, and it's mm. her with, um, you know, her husband. And people didn't want her there. Like, Lord Lucan didn't want her there. And, like, mm-hmm. you know, it's definitely different than, than real life. We're like, yeah, come along, you know? Yeah, right. We'll have orgies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's skip ahead to uh, the the great mid, uh, mid-movie mid cartoon where um, oh. we travel to the Crimea, right? So at this point, I actually walked away to get food and drink and I'm like I don't I'm not gonna pause it well, I'm just gonna walk away I came back <laughs> 10 minutes later and nothing changed right. well we missed so. something <laughs> Nolan gets whipped yes he oh has I, to I must admit, have this yeah. he has to admit that he fucked up for drinking even though you know the audience knows he's right and he has to get whipped yeah as like penance and that builds for the hatred of him and Cardigan he tries to uh, resign he wants to be court-martialed yeah but he they won't let him because they need him because he's the only guy with any experience mm-hmm. And he actually gets put on like the senior staff of the whole affair. So then, then they travel, right? And we yep. see the whole cartoon. And the you know passage to India is threatened. Turkey, sick man of Europe. Yeah. They say it in the movie, right? And there's the poor little Turkey thing. <laughs> um, and you know these Pink Floyd looking from the wall. You know, I love this guys. cartoon. It was awesome. This was this great. is the best part yeah, of the movie. This is the best. This is the best. <laughs> um, well, now that right after this cartoon, we're in the war mode. Yeah, now the movie gets good. It's wartime, and the movie is finally entertaining. Yeah. So they land at... Well, one in six wives get to go. Yeah. Is that real? I guess so. That's a real fact? I guess some females did get to go to war, which is such a weird concept. I guess with the lordships, they want to bring their... They're important But men. So, like, we've, we, you know... It seems so ridiculous, modern That's times. what I'm saying. Like, America, we were occupying Afghanistan for 20 years. No, <laughs> no soldiers were bringing their wives. But they were also going home. You know, you have... Um, back but you had generals who would stay, right? Sure. Yeah, but, like, people go on campaign, they're going to be gone maybe a decade, you know? Yeah, that's true. They'll, they'll the travel is different. They land at Cal- Calamita Bay. I think that's what it's called. Calamine, Calamine Lotion Bay. Calamine Lotion Bay. They all had uh, chicken pox. Yes. <laughs> they rubbed it on each other. <laughs> and, you know, they stopped itching. They took oatmeal baths. Uh, I believe it's Calamita Bay. Wait, when you had chicken pox, though... As a boy. As a, well, a you had you had chicken pox, Yes, right? when I was very young. I think like six years old. W- how was it for you? Um, I played ooky mouth with my friends. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I was itchy. I, I loved it. You love chicken pox. I got to, my parents got me Power Ranger toys, so I was pretty excited about that. Okay. I liked the calamine lotion. That felt good, and the oatmeal baths were fun. You had an oatmeal bath? Yeah, you didn't have oatmeal yet? Maybe I did. I don't remember. Oh, it was so good, man. When you got hungry, you could just scoop out some oatmeal. And- oh, no, no, I didn't do that. But, but like, That's it's gross. It just he felt, it just felt really probably, good. You probably did. <laughs> there's, there's few things more satisfying than, like, scratching an itch, right? Yeah, I mean, that's always one of life's many pleasures. Yeah, and just, like, <laughs> sitting in the calamine lotion, it just felt so good, man. You're a man who loves just pleasures of the quick, flesh. Quick, <laughs> quick question. <laughs> Did you do this recently? Because it sa- it sounds like He's you did it. Re- yeah, about it sounds it. like you did it recently. It's a memory I really enjoy. You cherish that. I didn't have to go to school. Uh-huh. I got to watch Power Rangers. Is this why I got you were toys, missing work last week? I got calamine lotion. <laughs> Maybe you should just go get some calamine. You're a grown up now. You can do it. You can do it. Yeah. I can just bathe in calamine lotion. Yeah, why not? My wife comes home. I'm covered in pink. <laughs> it stains me. I'm like scooping pink oatmeal up to my into neck. your mouth from the bathtub. Oh, you're so decadent. <laughs> 
oats. <laughs> Me and the dog. Ryan, what are you doing? Brown sugar. <laughs> All the mapley goodness. <laughs> the dog is just licking it. <laughs> Little lower, Milo. I also, I, for some reason, I it, in my head I envision that there's oatmeal like everywhere, not just in the, like on the, the ceiling, like on the walls. Like you're really going in. You would be picking oats out of your ass crack for like a month. <laughs> he, he doesn't shower after. He just it's just oat baths constantly. You know, Ben Franklin didn't bathe with water. Did he bathe with oats? No, he would just he would just uh, like lay naked outside and like let the wind wash over him. What? No, that's true. <laughs> I swear to God. Where did you hear this? That's like a known Ben Franklin fact. No, it's not. I swear to God. I feel like I would have come across this. You might not have. Maybe. I watched the Ken Burns Ben Franklin thing from like last month. From a couple of months and ago. And he didn't mention. I, I feel like that's and a there was no, pretty w- big There was no windy, windy bathing. <laughs> it's a, it, that's a character trait that you don't miss, I right? I think he's mixing up. The, you know, he did have kite things. He, he was no. into kites. <laughs> He sat in the wind to bathe. Yes, that wasn't so wait, clean. Did he you. walk out naked? Was he just yeah. in the field naked? Like yes, to to avoid I'm airing myself out. <laughs> to avoid getting sick, Franklin came up with something he called an air bath. Mm-hmm. To avoid getting sick, that doesn't mean he didn't bathe. I'm sure he bathed. Yeah, a hidden key. Uh, he had daily air baths, and it was just what's him. an air bath? Franklin loved Standing to compose in the, in the nude. I'm telling you, he would sit out naked and like uh-huh. let the air wash over him. I'm not making this up. This I is a well-known that, but thing. You said he didn't bathe. <laughs> he didn't bathe. He took a daily air, a daily air bath. Maybe he did that on top of bathing. You yeah, think he, of it that? doesn't say it, it. It says nothing about him not bathing. It just says he took air baths. I assume. The fuck is an air bath? He's insane. Ben Franklin, Franklin gets all this Brian. praise. Maybe he's a nut job. <laughs> <laughs> if I could time travel, I would just be like, look, the air bathing is good. But let me tell you about an oatmeal bath. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing would have got done. We wouldn't have a country right now because no, he'd just be standing in oatmeal. Oat baths. But I will tell you, the Quaker man, <laughs> it would be Ben Franklin. No, it would have been your face. <laughs> oh, yeah, you would have been the Quaker no, guy. Like Brian changes history, and all that changes is the Quaker oats man is now Ben Franklin's face. <laughs> no, it's Brian's <laughs> face. <laughs> I'm now the oatmeal man. <laughs> Everywhere I go, people just holding it up to me, like looking back and forth. <laughs> um, What's your favorite Ben Franklin invention? Lightning rod. That's a good one. Bifocals. The stove. The Franklin stove. Franklin stove. Mm, good yeah. one. You know, he invented a musical instrument where you just like touch glass. Really? Yeah, because he went to a concert in like Vienna or something where. Um, People were, you know, uh, rubbing the ring of a glass, and it would make that. Yeah. It's called the rim job. <laughs> there you go. That's the name of the instrument, right? <laughs> yeah, Ben Franklin, inventor of the rim job. The glass, because you rim the glass to make noise. Our version of Ben Franklin is so <laughs> twisted. <laughs> uh, but he felt that it was incredibly inefficient to uh, try to play music like that. So he just made like a spinning wheel of all the glasses, and you just touch it as it spins. I've seen this before. Like it, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I think Beethoven like composed something on it. Really? Yeah. That's cool. That is really cool. So anyway, back to Crimea. <laughs> land at Calamita Bay. That was more. That segment that we just did was more entertaining than what we missed in the movie just now. <laughs> like it could have been. This, we could have replaced it, and we, it would have made the movie better. <laughs> 
I, I just want to get this out. <laughs> no. Kalamata Bay. So wait, do they, <laughs> is the calamine lotion like locally sourced or do they export? Like, is it a plant? I'm just asking, like, I want to know. For your personal, like, reasons? Like, like you actually want to find local source? Yeah, like, I'm into, like, maybe we You're could... You're into lotion stretching Maybe so we could start so a business. I can't say my fun fact. <laughs> All right, say your fun fact. Thank you. What would the business be called? I have no chance of saying this fun fact right <laughs> now. No, no, you do. No, say I don't. It. How fun is the fact? At Calamita Bay. So the they <laughs> all had pools, and they would all just bathe and wash themselves. And when people weren't bathing in the calamine lotion, full on dicks hanging out, air bathing. <laughs> and, and the Brits would go, you know, the Americans got one thing right. And they would just stand there, dicks flapping in the wind. All right, now you can go. Okay. They chose that spot to land because a guy in one of the upper echelon was a guy named John Burgoyne. And Burgoyne? Yes. This is John That's Burg the Mario noise. Burgoyne. <laughs> John Burgoyne's father. This no, is the most no, fun you I've have had to, in a month. You have, to, you have to say his name the right way. John Burgoyne's father was um, also named John Burgoyne. He was the famous man who was defeated at Saratoga. Okay. So this is the son. Who royally fucks up this invasion because the because of the spot he chose to land, it cost them months because now the Russians had time to reinforce Sevastopol. So no Burgoyne in the history of the British Empire has ever amounted to anything. They're a bunch of slackers. <laughs> His father was a slacker. Yeah, Did they exactly. collect He's coins? <laughs> Did they collect any coin like Mario? Um, there's probably some looting. Mm. <laughs> so I guess that noise actually comes from a historical context. Yeah. Okay. Mm. So this guy got, his father got fucked up in Saratoga by our boys. Yes. And now and he now fucked up the landing. fucked up in, in Russia. <laughs> by our boys. <laughs> Wait, so he, he picked the spot? He's picked the spot. So he's like, this is my spot. This is where we're going. This is where we're going. And they land, and it cost them too much time that the Russians now... Reinforce their positions, and now they have to have a fighting battle to get even to Sevastopol. There was a, a scene that I, I didn't understand. Why were they pushing the horses off the ship? I don't remember. There was a storm. Yeah, I guess they died. They got sick. Oh, there was, there was just like yeah, there was they a drowned. storm. Yeah, remember in the cartoon that like they got hit by like a storm. Yeah, so uh, the cartoon like shows like the wars getting started. Well, there was there was a scene when the the ship was flooding and they were trying to save the horses, but I didn't think they didn't really show them all drowning. It was just kind of like, oh look, sailing is hard. Yeah, like they didn't really show the 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 damage done. I guess that's what it was. Yeah, wow. They was they had to dump some horses, and then the people started getting sick. Yeah, uh, was it cholera? Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. So then people that was start dropping scene. dead cholera. That was a good scene. That was a good scene. They had the, the hands dragging on the sand where it's like really like uh, emotional that mm -hmm. you're watching these soldiers die. I was like, wow, they're finally putting some good stuff in the that film. That was a great parade show. show. Question, though. The um, battle stuff is so good, though. The naval storm landing at Kalamata Bay. Mm -hmm. Dude, the way they do it in the movie is fucking awesome. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. cool. Like, uh, just seeing, I love when you see Scale. that many people. Yeah. Like, when things look real, it's CGI so much better. CGI does not do any favors to uh, modern movies. No. In and, that respect, no. anyway. And, yeah, obviously, like, look... You can do amazing things with it, but 
nothing is better than the mass of humanity you see in these old movies. When you, uh, yeah. when you watch a bunch of dudes just in a field charging at it's something, awesome. it feels something. 1917. Exactly. Beautiful like that was, yeah. that, and it's that's like, what you're talking about. Me right and there. you, we, we saw Top Gun Maverick and we fucking loved it. Yes. And part of the reason is because everything is real. Yes. It looks so good. It looks mm-hmm. so much better you than know? Any, any CGI. And I saw the new Jurassic Park. Jurassic World. Dog shit. Whatever it is. You know what I mean. Jurassic World What is it called? It's Jurassic World Dominion. Mm -hmm. I thought the dinosaurs looked bad. Oh, yeah. Really? And I I was looking to see if other people say it. One student I have thought they looked bad as well. But to me, I felt like I was watching a bad video game. Meanwhile, 1993 Jurassic Park, they look incredible to this day. So So the last Jurassic (laughs) movie, I actually really liked. And they used... So they used puppets in this one as well for like little baby dinosaurs and stuff, mm-hmm. and those looked good. Like a baby dinosaur. But they used like the original T Rex animatronic in the last one, and it looks so fucking good. Oh, the original from the first movie. Yeah. Oh, cool. And they use it, and it just looks great in the last movie. This new one sucks though, and it's all CG. But I loved just watching hordes of guys just fucking storm Charge. beaches. Yeah. It's so cool. During this time when they were doing the marches, so that they, they show some scene when the people are dying of cholera, but they're. There's marching music, the little flute and the drum. Well, they're sure. dying of thirst. There's yeah. no water. Yeah. They, well, the, the water is also uh, poisoned. They've landed so far away from where they need to be that they now have to march across Crimea. There's music playing. Did they do that in like in ha- in actual battle? Well, marching. Did they play marching music oh, to sure. actually march? Because yeah. as, the, as they're dying, the marching music kind of slows down and they're struggling to play the music. And I'm sitting there like, did they really play marching music for like eight-hour marches? Yeah. To keep that people in formation. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. torturous. That's how you Imagine would... drumming or mm-hmm. flute playing for well, that's like your, hours. Well, that's your role in the army. You're keeping everyone together. In case, yeah. You know, that's how you Because you're... if they break up, now they're jeopardizing everything. There's not radio communications. Right. So you need something that could mass communicate. Mm-hmm. So you bang the drums and everyone sense. knows. Different beats have different meanings. Yeah. Different tempo you should be marching at. Yeah. Well, not just that. It, like, if I beat my... If I go like this, it could mean to, like... The people left. on my right, to, you know, to advance fast, oh, okay. you know, or something like yeah. that. Yeah, it's ways of it. sending codes quick when you mm-hmm. hear it. That's a, that's a tough gig. Yeah. Oh. It's also in their downtime, they would do, um, like, battle raps amongst the British Army. Yes. And they would just, and they would just, you know, talk about the Crimea and Calamine. This motion. is why I can't own a gun. You shoot him. Because I would have just shot him. Dead right and right mm-hmm. where he sits. Red flag, red flag, Steve. He got yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So the river, <laughs> the river Alba has enemy troops. There's a bunch of extras, and they have to go up this hill to get the fucking Russians. Yes, the Battle of Alma. Uh, is it Alma or Alba? Oh, you might be right. I should know this. I mean, it's it's such a small thing. I could be wrong. I have horrible handwriting. It's, it's, Alma. it's, A-L-M-A. it's Jessica oh, Alba it's Alma. sitting okay. on a hill. And My handwriting is just horrible. Yeah. So they have to get up this hill to fight these dudes. Mm-hmm. And, and the uh, Lord uh, Raglan is ca- too cautious, yep. and he neglects to— He won't put the cavalry in. He neglects to let the cavalry charge. So infantry alone has to take this hill, and they do it. Now, this is a major, major mistake because what this does is it allows the Russians to retreat. Well, the reason it's a mistake is because the infantry gets the hill, but you need to send the cavalry in to sweep up the mess. Exactly. And this is the major fuck-up. The cavalry are supposed to run down the retreating forces and not let them retreat. And just butcher everyone. Yes. That's their job. That is what cavalry does Yeah. at, the, at this point in warfare. 
And when they don't do that, the Russians are able to retreat, reinforce Sevastopol. And in fact, when the siege of Sevastopol begins, the Russians now have enough force to do a counterattack. And that is what the Battle of uh, Balaclava is, which yeah. is the final battle in this movie. And you also have people who are leaving who assess their power. Yes. Those survivors are coming back like, they got this, they got this, they got this, I saw this, and right. that, that becomes a... They double as scouts now. The fog of war is gone. Yeah. So... Yeah, true. Um, so then we see the aftermath of this when the cavalry can't attack, and there's just hordes of dead British people. Yeah. And every and shot... Everyone's mad. Yep. <laughs> we, see, we see a Russian beg for water. And they shoot him. And... Yeah, he gets shot. Like, they set a Brit up, and they just kill him. Mm -hmm. uh, we get more cartoons. The British are mocking the weak Tsar Nicholas. Mm -hmm. uh, they're just making fun of him. We get the fall of uh, Sebastopol. Am I saying? I'm not saying Sevastopol. Sevastopol. We don't see the fall of it. That we doesn't don't. happen for years. They mention it, though. They, but it they show the success But it actually hasn't there. fallen. Mm -hmm. yeah. And Oh, then, right. Yeah, there's bad reports going back. It's to a exactly. successful cartoon like they won, and the... I love the cutscene because the cutscene is them getting shelled. <laughs> uh, right. It's almost like fake news. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So then we get a yacht joke uh, after demanding that the tents move. They're joking about yachting. <laughs> oh, they, I don't remember. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. They make them move the tents yeah. for no reason. So now Lord Cardigan sleeps with Fanny. Uh, what's her name? I, want, I don't want to get yeah. that. Duberlay. Fanny Duberlay. So uh, he sleeps with her. And this scene is very funny. Scene's amazing. The the two of them having sex because mm -hmm. they're so like dr overdressed, and yeah. it takes like legit like five minutes in the movie for them to she's get wearing, undressed and have sex. Corset and everything. The and so is yeah, he. So is he. Yeah. The entire scene leading up to it as well is good. Where the dinner? Yeah, it, he it's her that husband, guy. right? Yeah. yeah, and she he has no choice but to leave and knows what's about to happen, and he, yeah, he's. He's like, all right, I guess this out. guy's going to have sex with my wife now. Yep. He no was, uh, her husband. Did you get vibes throughout the first hour of the movie that he was gay? Not really. He no, was in, I didn't pick he up He was on like, that. he had a couple of comments where he was commenting on like handsome men and stuff. Oh, is that what he was saying? Yeah. Because you knew you had subtitles. I had subtitles on. <laughs> I had no idea what he was saying. <laughs> I did not so get I guess that. he might have been all right with what was happening. Oh, maybe. Oh, maybe. maybe yeah. Maybe he just used her as a form of like getting into power. He was upset he didn't get to prep. Mm. Oh. He could have prepped. You think he was he was awaiting to prep and he wasn't asked, he was sad? Yeah, that's why. Uh, he was like, God damn it, I just wanted to prep friggin' cardigan. I get it. <laughs> the I man's going to have sweaters that are very uncomfortable named after him. <laughs> was he the same guy that said, wife, kiss, and then... Uh, like, I don't, I don't somebody remember. said that. It was like, wife, kiss, and they, they kissed. Like, I don't know, I guess you had to ask... I do. I still do that. Wife kiss. Wife kiss. I say that to my wife and Brian while we're in class. Say Over. wife, wife kiss, and then wife Brian kiss. has sex with your wife. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> um, there we was swing. A, we swing. There was a really cool <laughs> contrast here that they do good with contrast in this movie, which is yes. Which so is that's impressive. what it's all about, really. Yeah, it's like these these upper class. It's you know. showing how inept they are. Like yes. you got the French people who have their own agenda. Every one of the oh generals, yeah, the French guy just yeah. dies. <laughs> Every one of these fucking like generals and leaders, they're all out for themselves. They all suck. Yeah, yeah. they're all horrible, and that's like really what the, it is. Uh, the captain of the cavalry, uh, Norman, his name, where Nolan. he Nolan, excuse me, he he shoots that guy, 
and he says the, the this whole battle was a dreadful bore, but behind him is a hill of dead bodies. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow, that is that's an amazing scene because well, it, he didn't it, get to participate so, in it. He didn't. As and it, so it's a bore for him. But yeah. realistically, a lot of people died. Sure. Like right behind you. <laughs> so let's talk about the Battle of Balaclava now, which is the final battle. Yes. And this the is whole the point charge. of the movie. Yep. The Russians counterattack at the British lines, not in the film, is the heroic defense of what is called the thin red line. That's where the term comes from. Okay. Um, is it because they're wearing red? Yes. It was a unit of British, I believe they were Scottish infantrymen, who held off an entire Russian army by themselves yes. pretty much. Very heroic. Yes. But the Russians end up capturing, it's shown in the movie as a British cannonade, but the, in reality it was What, Turks. the actual light brigade? No, no, no. They're the guns they capture. Oh, so the Russians oh, oh. sweep down and they capture a bunch of cannons. Yes, yes, yes. And in the movie, it's British cannons, but in reality, it was Turkish cannons. Okay. And they are watching up on a hill, the the uh, high command, and Nolan's begging them to let the cavalry, you know, sweep in and retake the guns that have just been stolen while they're, you know, kind of pulling them back to the Russian lines. Meanwhile, in a, it's they're real, going through this valley. Real quick, the name of the Scottish people mm-hmm. the 93rd sutherland highlands the thin red line there you go okay that's a great name so there's two valleys the captured guns are being taken down one valley to the, the left of them to the left and to the right <laughs> is another valley that is heavily fortified completely inassailable and it cannot be seen from where the cavalry is neither one of these things they're kind of behind a hill but up on top of this other hill they can see everything so Nolan is told, you know, in the movie, there's this comedy of errors, like they're playing a game of telephone, essentially. They're begging to just right. let them go. He wants orders in writing. The bureaucracy is just... It's killing everything. Yes. But Nolan is given in writing the order to charge after the retreating Russians taking the guns, and he runs down to the cavalry, to Cardigan, and gives it to him, and these guys misinterpret everything. <laughs> And go into the wrong valley. And they yep. know. I, I want to point out the, the kind of courageousness of Cardigan here. He knows. He Well, he thinks that he's been sent on a suicide mission. Yeah. Into the, he doesn't want to go. Right. Nolan but he is still like, goes. Yeah. His he sense does of go. duty is like, I have to do this. And Nolan is like, all right, we're leading it. Nolan's gun co. He's not leading it. He is just joins up with them in the rear, kind of. With his friend, who he has had sex with his wife. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I love that you bring it up. (laughs) And they charge into the wrong valley. And well, Nolan, once he notices, notices, and this is what happened in real life. Yes, he's the first man to fall. He's the first man to fall. He runs to the front, realizes they fucked up, and he tries to tell everyone to go the other way. He's shelled Mm -hmm. dead. Yes. And the whole light brigade runs into the valley of death. And something like two thirds of them are destroyed. They're wiped off. Yeah. The scene of them uh, going into the charge is so comical. I well, love. That's it. the point of it. It's yeah. supposed to be like, look at these assholes. Yeah. It was so funny. Mm-hmm. Like they're about to do this glorious thing, and there's trumpets playing, but the trumpets are are loud where they are. But from the hill, it's just like. <laughs> and the people on the hill are like, what is he doing? <laughs> and it's just this slow march. And they're just like, there they go. Right. And it's so drawn out. It's perfect. Right. It really is perfect of what And happened. Raglan is like just a complete space case. Yeah. 
Like he's he's hysterical. He thinks they're fighting the French numerous yeah, times. Yeah, he forgot the French are his allies. <laughs> mm-hmm. He doesn't know what's going on. Right. And then the end of the movie, after they all get their ass kicked, they're all marching back. They show Duberlay. She's now seeing the horrors of war and how like fucked up everything is. And and then they all just start playing the blame game on each other. Yeah, and yeah. the movie ends, cuts yeah. like credits immediately yeah. with them all blaming each other. I thought that that was great. Yes. The the like the whole parts in Crimea are excellent. Every the, the like I love the second half. Yeah. But the like I I put on my letterbox. I was like, it's worth the second half of the movie is worth watching. Mm-hmm. Like, you could show this to a history class to show them about, like, the Crimea. Yeah. And it's pretty accurate. But just, you know, skip that first part. You don't need it. Mm-hmm. Like, this is what happened. And it looks great. It's The the events are pretty accurate. Yeah. And, like, the warfare is just so vicious and brutal. Was I the only person happy that they got stomped out? After? <laughs> well, you knew they were going to get stomped out. Yeah, but, like, seeing it. I was like, I was kind of like, all right, good. They deserve this. Beaver thought they were pulling a Tarantino. They win. Uh, Beaver is clearly uh, a Russian sympathizer. He, he is Putler. Beaver is Putler. Uh, he loves um, just borscht? Russians and Russian things. In my note, I he's was, always uh, eating borscht. Yes. I, I, I feel like the movie made out the head command to be more ridiculous than they were. But I, I don't know. I feel like it was exaggerated. That so, is the reputation that they have, you know, yeah. historically uh-huh. speaking. Now, yeah, probably they aren't what, as retarded as they are in this movie. When you lose, right. that's what happens, especially the British. They end up winning the war, I should point well, out. Well, that's, that's, yeah. that's the other thing I wanted right. to say, too. The British end up winning this, but this is such an infamous, legendary fuck-up mm-hmm. that, like, you just had tons of men get slaughtered for no reason yes. when it could have been easily avoidable. And it just seems like it was a miscommunication. That's huh? all. No, because if you go back, well, there shouldn't be that kind of miscommunication. You know, not yeah. just that it shouldn't have got to that point because if they use the yeah. cavalry right the first time, I think one of the things we kind of need to point out that we haven't is that a lot of these officers bought their way into the military. Mm-hmm. Like we said, there's no war it's mentioned, but they paid for their commissions. Yeah, unlike Nolan, who right. you know rose earned up. it through merit. Nolan mentions that. Oh, though, they, that's he? another thing in the movie. They're like, imagine an army of people fighting for money and wages, yeah. instead of just honor. Yes, and that's well, that's what happens when this is over. When the Crimean War is over, there are massive reforms to all of the armies involved, and they remove this whole buy your way in thing, and it becomes a much more efficient, better army. And uh, on top of that... Well, you need people fighting for an incentive, right? Right. Exactly. And you also have giant medical breakthroughs like Florence Nightingale is the famous person from this whole conflict. She's there, yeah. There's actually a famous black lady at the Crimea that I was going to do for one of our people in history. Mm -hmm. But while we're talking about it, I'll pull her up real quick. Uh, Her name is Mary Seacole. (laughs) She was a British Jamaican nurse and businessman who set up the British... This woman. Yeah, businesswoman who set up the British hotel behind the lines during the Crimean War. Wow. And she basically, you know, had nurses. Mm-hmm. British and, Jamaican. Yeah, well, they own, you know, they own Jamaican. Oh, so, yeah, that's just this is cool. also the first war that was photographed. Really? Yeah. Okay. First that's ever? Interesting. I believe so, yeah. Like yeah. early, early they showed uh They showed somebody taking photos there mm-hmm. in the movie, right? Yeah. Oh. It's an important conflict that not too many, especially in America, know about, you know. There's not much um that that happened in this that really 
directly affected us at that time. Oh no? God, no. Yeah. So it makes sense why nobody. The Imperial would. Europeans. Doing well, we Imperial got European shit. We got our own problems brewing. Well, yeah. At the we're, time we're, of this, we're barreling towards the civil war. Yeah. At the time of this conflict, we're getting ready to kill ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we we just wrapped up with friggin' the Mexicans. Yeah. 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 You know, and we're getting ready to, to mm. kill ourselves. Yeah, things are getting hot over here. Yeah, so it makes sense why it wasn't really. A so, big what point. is the end result of the Crimean War? And you know, how do the Brits end up winning? Basically, they just overrun Sevastopol. Them. Finally, falls in 1855, if I'm not mistaken, which is about two or three years after the original siege began. 1855, Sevastopol finally falls, okay. which started the siege started in 53. By two 50, year siege, yeah. By 56, they have the Treaty of Paris, which brings peace to the whole affair. Okay. And the result is the status quo. Was, was uh, so really, no, nothing, there's no point to this, ultimately. Ultimately, no. it is like, it stopped Russian aggression and maintained the balance of power, and the great game continued. Okay. But the, the long-term effect... Lines this, are just established, basically. Yeah. In 1877, the Russians invade the Ottoman lands again and end up getting everything they want. So the Brits don't fight it. They're just like, we're not getting involved in this again. Okay. So, you know, 20 years later, Russia gets what it wanted. Okay. They get (laughs) basically, which is like the Ukraine and Uh, pieces of like, you know, the Caucasus and things like that. And the Brits are like, fuck it. Just let them have it. Yeah. We got India. We got got other things. Hong Kong. Yeah. By that point, like the real scramble for Africa was started. Yeah. Things like that. They're seventy nine. I think. I think uh, cartoon. (laughs) 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 It's not. It's not an episode episode of the show if we don't bring up that fucking movie. (laughs) (laughs) It really. uh, It really is a shining point in in for what we we do on the show. Like it just comes up all the time because we we kind of dance around that. We spend an inordinate amount of time in the second half of the nineteenth century. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> you know what? I think I think we're just kind of naturally drawn to that stuff. I love it. It's my favorite yeah. like period. It honestly, this whole show in reality could have just been World War II movies because we love that war so much. But we avoid it like the plague. We have, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I figured that to close us out, we would let Anthony give a passionate, passionate oh. reading of Charge of the Light Brigade. Have you read the full poem before? Is it long? I've heard it. I've is heard it, it recited. Is like, it long or is it just it is, like It's not uh, that long, no. but it's, you know, it's a couple stanzas. Are you supposed Tennyson, to read it more in a, Tennyson for you? You're supposed to read it in a specific way or is like I don't know about it. I so. want him to read it passionate and heartfelt. I'm going to give you my picture, best chance. Picture yeah. you are a British person reading okay. this to your family and you are telling them about the charge Wait, of the light brigade. Wait, he's a British person in this? He has to do a British accent? Well, no, just, you know, at the time like Men have just died of his country, and he's telling his family at the table, reading them the poem, telling <laughs> them the poem. news. <laughs> like, I want, I want me and Steve to be unable to stop from crying. It is 1853. Yeah. And here I go. All right. Okay. Half a league, half a league, half a league onward, all in the valley of death rode the 600. Forward the light brigade, charge for the guns, he said, into the valley of death rode the 600. Forward the light brigade, was there a man dismayed? Not though the soldier knew someone had blundered. There's not to make reply, there's not a reason why. There's but to die, into the valley of death rode the 600. 
Cannon to the right of them, cannon to the left of them, cannon in front of them, volleyed and thundered, stormed at with shot and shell, boldly they rode and well, into the jaws of death, into the mouth of hell, rode the six hundred, flashed all their sabers bare, flashed all they turned in the air, sabering the gunners there, charging an army, while all in the world wondered, plunged into the battery smoke, right through the line they broke, Cossack and Russian, reeled from the saber stroke, shattered and sundered, then they rode back, but not the 600. Cannon to the right of them, cannon to the left of them, cannon behind them, volleyed and thundered, stormed at with shot and shell, while horse and hero fell. They that had fought so well came through the jaws of death, back from the mouth of hell, all that was left of them, left of 600. When can their glory fade? Oh, the wild charge they made. All the world wondered. Honor the charge they made. Honor the light brigade. Noble 600. Mommy, daddy's a gay. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, that was really good. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, Originally, yeah. I was going to say it's too good to make fun of you, but I was like, I got to just call him a gay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that I, was very good. Thank you. I think that was, that was brilliant. It was strong. <laughs> it's a good you, poem. You lacked feeling. I was just yelling. You were just yelling. <laughs> you know, I didn't feel the passion for them. So if I have to get, am I rating him out of 10? You can rate him. Rate out of what? Out of ten? Yeah, I'm not a thespian. I'll give me. I'll give you a, a seven. That's pretty good. That I've never read good. a poem before. Yeah, I would say <laughs> that was the first time you've ever read we a poem. A, <laughs> like not out loud. I never recited a poem. We should just oh. book Anthony to poetry slams, but he only reads <laughs> Tennyson. <laughs> Tennyson. <laughs> only that poem. Yes. It's not just from the 1850s. It's not for me. <laughs> They're like, it's read this Emily charged. Dickinson. He's like, get that shit out of my face. It's only Tennyson for me. Tennyson's the man. <laughs> Are we done? Oh, yeah. um, well, Brian, well, Brian has the rate your right, performance first off. Give me a rate my performance. Honestly, eight. Thanks. I thought it was, I really, I thought it was really good. I did good. Thank I think you. you just tapped into an, an unknown talent. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta just get into poetry. You you were hoping I sucked. No, I I didn't know what to expect. I just thought you know someone should read the poem because mm. we're covering it, right. and you know I felt like it should be you. You did miss a part though. I did. Yeah. What did I miss? I take my musket and I run you through. <laughs> so why are you waiting for the next attack? That's the Dickinson poem. Yeah. <laughs> are we allowed to uh, change the intro music to that specifically for this episode? Ooh, can we do that? Can I mean, we do that? Are we allowed to do that without like getting in trouble? Shit. We're it not. Is, right? We're not monetized. We could, I, I, but I we might be monetized at some point. Yeah. Maybe you guys okay. could do an acapella version of the song. You take my life, but I'll take yours too. You fire your musket, but I'll run you through. So when you're waiting for the next attack, you better stand. There's no turning back. The people sounds the charge begins, but on this battlefield, no one wins. I know for that. I can't. I can't anymore. We still have to rate the movie. Honestly, be honest. After you watched the movie, did you listen to the trooper? I didn't. I did. 
Oh, you did. I was like, I gotta I just know. listen to the fucking truth, right? <laughs> <laughs> which is know. not something I say very often because I never need to hear it again. But right. I was like, I gotta. It's like Dark Side of the Moon. You just so, heard it so many times. So I, real quick, I posted it on Facebook the song, and I was like, I just heard of this band Iron Maiden. These oh, guys I saw are pretty that. good. That was funny. One person took it seriously. I think. Oh, oh yeah, God. yeah. They were like, oh yeah, they're really good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you should listen to this song. It's like I've seen them a million fucking times. <laughs> All right. All right. So what would you give this movie out of 10? Uh, it's second half is great. First half is shit. Five. Uh, I gave it a two and a half out of five, which is a five out of 10. Feel exactly the same way. I gave it like a three out of 10. I gave it a low score. I just I didn't know what was going on half the movie. The, the last half was great, but not enough to really redeem itself. I can't argue with that yeah, stance. He's right. You know, it's a thin movie. Yeah. But it's a thin red line of a movie. <laughs> the 93rd Highland Southern. Oh, we're going to do that Southern movie one day, though, the thin red line. I hope not. That movie's terrible. No, we're going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, Don't it's worry. out there now. It's, it's in my back pocket. <laughs> you know, I'm glad we finally watched something that I think we all didn't like. Yeah. Because, look, we pick all the movies. I yeah. Think we choose them. And it's always just stuff we feel like watching. At yeah. least that's how I pick them. Oh. And, like, <laughs> they always tend to be ones we like. Now we got one that's kind of... Yeah. Huh? <laughs> I mean, eventually we're going to get something we all just hate, and right. we're all just going to skewer it. Mm -hmm. But that does it for this episode, gentlemen. Time to wrap up. Want to say bye? Bye. Thank you for listening. It's time for the second most awkward part of the show. All right. Brian, sign out. Yeah. All right. Want to give a big thank you to Walt, Bry, Q, Getem, the Tell em Steve Dave guys for letting us record down in their studio, down at TESD Town Studios in Hazlitt, New Jersey. Come on down, visit them, buy some merch, say hi to Getem, tell them reviewing history sent you. Uh, really, I love those guys. I can't thank them enough for letting us have this space and their time and some of them agreeing to come on the show. Hopefully, we will get them all eventually. You could follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Twitter is our viewing history. Uh, you could email us at reviewinghistorypod at gmail.com. Follow me on social media at Brian Rupert. Follow all of us on Letterboxd. You could see our ratings for the movies. I rank and review every single movie I watch there on my personal life. Check that out. Give that a viewing. Uh, you could see what I thought of anything. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.